I'm taking time to visit with State Senator Jesse Green. Uh, again, uh, wrapping up our uh, first part of the funnel of the legislative session. And, uh, Senator, thanks for taking time visiting with us this morning. Hey, good to be with you. I know that uh, it was pretty busy. You guys had a lot of things that were going on, pushing a lot of uh, items to get them through that, that first funnel, uh, at least keep them alive. Some didn't make it, but you did have a number of things that you've been following that uh, did move forward. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, historically, uh, it seemed like the busiest week uh, was always the week before funnel. Uh, but this year, it seems like uh, the funnel week was uh, the intense week. And, and a lot of bills died and uh, a few bills lived. And, and um, uh, one of the, the main bills that died, I would say, that caught some headlines uh, was Representative Carter Norman and myself. We led a, a study in regards to library boards and how they're funded and, and uh, a and just get a broad perspective of the state, what's going on, uh, as well as uh, in recent years, it seems like there's been um, uh, an uptick in, in some tensions uh, that exist between local governments and their, their library boards and, and structure. And, and uh, the last time that code has been revisited was in the 1970s. And so uh, Carter Norman and I um, kind of took up the effort to, to have some of these tough conversations down at the Capitol. But uh, uh both uh, the House and the Senate, um, we, we could not come to an agreement as far as some of our language and our long, long-term goals. So that was one uh, bill that uh, uh, died that was on my radar. Um, but um, uh, I also brought up a homelessness bill. Uh, it surprised uh, quite a few people that uh, uh, Iowa has seen a, a large tick, uh, uptick in homelessness. Uh, of course, uh, that impacts uh uh, more Des Moines and Iowa City areas and stuff like that, but uh, we were able to to host uh, a subcommittee uh, on a proposal that that it kind of came to us from Texas actually of some things that they've done that uh, have been successful. But uh, we just need more time to study that issue out because it's uh, fairly complicated. But uh, so I, uh, as chair of local government committee, I didn't. Uh, but the big stuff that passed through um, uh, the last couple weeks was. Uh, um, I thought it was interesting. One of our most uh, heated debates was around fake meat, of all things. Uh, um, uh, yesterday, we passed out a bill that uh, uh, food cannot be labeled uh, beef, chicken, goat, pork, lamb, sheep, or turkey if uh, if it derived from uh, uh, cell-cultivated plant or insect protein uh, sources. And so, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of concern around the country, like what is the future of uh, fake meat and some of that is the uh, are the products uh, safe? Uh, there hasn't been a lot of research around that. And and so um, uh, there's been a few states that have tried to pass out legislation regarding just uh, having a transparency within the labeling uh, of these products. Uh, but uh, surprisingly, uh, uh, they they have died in court. And so um, uh, I think we, we are the first state that's going to have something that actually holds up uh, because we are very uh, uh, specific, uh, more specific in our legislation and not uh, 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 in how we're passing this out. But the, the big thing that was on debate on that was in regards to um, prohibiting uh, Regent universities from conducting research on cell uh, produce or uh, sell source meats and stuff. And, and I, I can understand the debate on that on both sides, but uh, um, that's, that's what kind of held that bill up. Um, but also in the, in, in the ag realm, uh, Senate study bill 3129 um, has been uh, 
I talked about quite a bit, and it just codifies what is currently already existing practice with the DNR, which is um, uh, they, they're hesitant to acquire property through uh, donations from t- uh, nonprofits that acquire it at an auction. So that's that's what you're seeing a lot of our land acquisition in the state uh, with the government land growing is through that uh, type of behavior, which is uh, um, uh, the Natural Heritage Foundation. Uh, they uh, will acquire land uh, through various means and then donate it to um, uh, the DNR. And, and at least one thing that most people agree on is that uh, for the Heritage Foundation to buy it at a, an auction and then give it, uh, that, that does not look well um, uh, for, for our uh, um, land purchasing. So um, we also passed out of ag uh, foreign land ownership. Um, mm-hmm. we, uh, we've had some very strong laws uh, on the books for a lot of decades now, but one thing has changed a lot in the last uh, 15, 20 years is that we're seeing a, a big uptick in, in the amount of LLCs that are purchasing land. And about half the LLCs that own land in the state of Iowa, we, we uh, uh, do, do not know who they are. And so, um, uh, this is uh, very concerning, and so we need to update uh, how we look at uh, these transactions. And, and so our foreign land ownership bill, it just requires extra reporting uh, within the first 60 days of that acquisition. Uh, foreign entities must report uh, the purpose of the acquisition, uh, any names associated with the LLC, and uh, any other land that the, the corporation may have around the country. Um, and also LLCs, they're kind of unique in where there's a lot of different uh, corporations that could be linked to them, they must fully disclose that. And then there's there's also penalties that uh, are associated with this. But um, they also have to uh, provide a biennial report every other year uh, on any changes that has happened within their corporation. And uh, uh, lastly, the Secretary of State uh, every single year must compile a, a summary of uh, any changes within our foreign land ownership uh, within the state of Iowa, and that uh, is going to be confidential for the governor, um, uh, the legislature, as well as uh, uh, the attorney general. So uh, I was really proud of that. That bill made it, and I think most people uh, are happy with that. Sure. Um, One uh, thing that's kind of on my radar is as time goes on, uh, we're going to start talking about the budgeting season. And... um, uh, one thing when I first came into office that I was really proud to be a part of was the Butchery Innovation Grant, uh, which uh, uh, helped uh, uh, small lockers be able to expand their facilities and, and increase their capacities. And, and uh, COVID showed us that weakness within our, our meat industry uh, that uh, um, we, we needed to expand uh, some of our smaller uh, facilities for, for times of crisis like that. Well, uh, the program has, has been a big hit. Uh, we've actually had an increase of 32 lockers in the state. Uh, to put that in perspective, we have about 160 state-inspected lockers already, uh, so that's a, a good improvement. Um, but uh, we need to keep an eye on this because uh, some some of the new lockers have been incentivized to build and take on debt and stuff like that. Well, the market still hasn't settled on, on, on the beef industry. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, uh, bulk bought here within the last couple of years, and you're seeing a lot of these new lockers that just aren't getting a lot of business right now because people's uh, needs are met. Um, the other problem is we have the lowest cattle numbers, uh, cow numbers since the 1960s, and and so there's there's some complexities within that uh, meat industry, and, and so I'm 
kind of trying to keep a close eye on that to see mm-hmm. if we need to restrict our rules in regards to the butchery innovation just to uh, existing lockers and, and older lockers to help them uh, upgrade their infrastructure. Just uh, keep what's there, uh, keep, keep what's there working and, and available. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, the, uh, the, the big hot topic, of course, uh, this whole session has been the area edu- education agencies. Yeah. Um, and for years and years, everybody has talked about reform and everybody's kind of scared to do it. For one, it's a complicated issue. It's a politically hot issue. Um, I mean, we, we are dealing with, uh, uh, a very sensitive issue with it, which is uh, special education with our students. And, sure. and one thing I really like to share what's driven this, uh, um, effort is, I, uh, everybody's in agreement that we are paying more than what uh, uh, other states are for these types of services, and, and you have to have mandates that the, the customer goes to the provider and doesn't pay for those services. So we pay the area educa- education agency, and then the schools go to that agency for uh, the services, and then mm-hmm. they don't know what they're paying for those services. And, and when you have a system and a structure like that, it's just ripe for uh, potential abuse. And and so I do agree that um, something needs to be done in regards to driving those costs down. Uh, I'm still kind of getting a grip on some of the studies in regards to the proficiencies and, and some of the, the testing and stuff like that. Uh, at best, I think we are uh, average or, or somewhere around average in the nation when it comes to those uh, scores. But uh, um, uh, so the Senate uh, uh, this week, we, we were the first ones to pass out some sort of uh, AEA reform out of committee for the floor. I anticipate we'll vote on that next week. And uh, that kind of takes all the proposals and, and, and takes a little piece of all of them and puts it into one. And, and the main concept of our bill is it's going to empower school boards to, uh, in the long term, be able to get the services that they need from whatever providers that they want and also write those checks. And, and I think in a structure like that, uh, a fee for service, uh, you'll see uh, that some of those costs come down, and that that is definitely at the heart of that bill. Okay, and but and the House has its version too. Uh, do you think it's going to be easy enough to work out a compromise between the two? Because both seem to be uh, interested in making sure that we do, don't fall off on our special education. I I think uh, there's something that we can do here, and 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 the Senate's proposal. Uh, you see a t- teacher salary component, uh, kind of a a changing of language on that, but uh, uh, that's one thing that uh, I see that everybody is in agreement on is raising uh, uh, the minim- minimum teacher salary, uh, because that is part of the AEA conversation. You, the AEA does pay their their employees really well. Uh, most would argue that's a, a lower stress environment as well as the AEA. So you're seeing a bleeding out of of uh, uh, the public school system of teachers uh, that go into the AEA, and and so we just need to raise that salary up and. And that that's definitely a part of this conversation. So, um, what I what I sense is that uh, there's there's uh, a lot of things that we can agree on. Um, the superintendents have done a great job communicating with us what their needs are. Uh, I've talked to so many. The governor has as well. Uh, even uh, a lot of people within the AEA uh, community has spoke out uh, as far as some of the stuff that they've seen that needs to be reformed. So now is the time to have to do something. And I think. Uh, uh, that appetite is there uh, to do something, and and uh, if, if we don't do something now, I, I don't see what environment uh, we ever um, uh, would in the future. Sure. 
Okay, uh, so we've gotten through this part up to this part. What are we looking at next week as you get started again? Do you start taking a look at uh, we've, what we've moved through, what's coming over, what's next up? Uh, so next week uh, I looked at the calendar and it looks like uh, they're anticipating a full week of debate. Uh, so we need to get uh, our bills out of our chamber into the other one as quickly as possible because uh, now is crunch time for uh, these these bills that have passed out of committee because it's got to pass off the floor of your chamber and then go through full committee in the other chamber to stay alive for a second funnel. And um, so uh, uh, we need to make sure that uh, we have about a week of debate uh, next week. And, and it'll be a lively debate. we got to talk about SSA, uh, this AEA bill. And uh, so all eyes, again, will be on that topic. But uh, I anticipate SSA to be somewhere around two and a half, three percent, and um, uh, and yeah. I've been encouraging our local officials and and superintendents just just you can at least take that two and a half percent and take it to the bank and and uh, uh, we'll see if we can get a little more if we can. Yeah, 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 because their budget work starts a little bit earlier now, uh, so they mm-hmm. have a few other things to take care of early on. So. Well, I do know it's uh, going to be busy. I know you guys want to get things wrapped up because uh, we're getting into uh, campaigning time. Well, it will be very soon. You've got the primary coming up. But, uh, again, that's uh, really all part of uh, what we're going to be pushing through here. It looks like you're going to get uh, things are going to move along fairly quickly for you, really. Yeah, uh, things, things are uh, coming along pretty well. Uh, but you're right. A lot of people are excited about campaigning this weekend as the county conventions. Um, I can't believe it's already that time again. Uh, uh, I remember four years ago, that was uh, uh, when I gave my first speech, and I'll never forget how nervous I was. And, and so this weekend I'll be traveling around to our county committees and, and encouraging them and thanking them for their work on our party platform. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what it's uh, about is uh, remembering what our principles are and, and uh, uh, respecting those principles. And, and so uh, – uh, that'll be fun, but uh, you can definitely tell at the Capitol people are excited to to uh, get home and start campaigning. Yeah, I do appreciate you taking time visiting with us uh, this morning, and uh, thanks so much, and uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you again down the road. Thanks. Always a pleasure.